Welcome back to the Mountain Strength Podcast. I'm Rich, your host today, and we are going to be talking to Amy Mariani. Amy is one of our coaches here at Mountain Strength CrossFit, and she is a multifaceted coach. She handles lots of different roles here at Mountain Strength. She has her precision nutrition certification. She is CrossFit Level 1 certified. Bergner Strength Weightlifting. She is a USA Hockey Level 3 coach, a CrossFit Kids coach, and a pregnancy and postpartum coach. Uh, she plays lots of roles here. Uh, today, we're going to be speaking to her primarily as our nutrition coach. Our members come into Mountain Strength CrossFit and they get a 30-minute consultation with Amy to sit and talk with her about their nutrition, their lifestyle, uh, things they can do to improve their performance inside and outside the gym. So uh, without further ado, we're going to have our chat with Amy. So we're here with Amy Mariani. How are you, Amy? I'm great. How are you? I'm fantastic. So you play a lot of roles here at Mountain Strength. And so my goal here is to introduce you to our listeners today, people who may not have met you yet. So why don't you go ahead and give us a little background, kind of where you've been, what you've been doing, and kind of what brought you to Mountain Strength and what you do. Uh, I came to Mountain Strength kicking and screaming a little over five years ago. Um, John, my husband, who most of you probably know, uh, is uh, has been a coach since, I think, uh, 2015 here, yeah. and he's been a member since, I want to say, 2012. So uh, around the time he started coaching, I started noticing the mid-40s spread uh, and started you know, gaining weight and losing muscle and all that stuff that happens to you in your mid-40s. And I decided I needed to do something about it. So first I started private training with Coach Rich. Then I moved on to CrossFit classes. And then I realized, you know something, I'm going to dive deeper. And in 2017, I started um, getting my certification from Precision Nutrition in Exercise Nutrition. Uh, got my CrossFit certification, got my CrossFit Kids certification, uh, and then went on to get a pregnancy and postpartum athleticism certification. So kind of folded all of my interests in athleticism and nutrition into one. Uh, and currently I serve as the nutrition coach, one of the two CrossFit Kids head coaches, and um, as the pregnancy and postpartum coach for Mountain Strength. Wow, that is a lot. It's a bit. Yeah. <laughs> I love school. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you did all that so fast, too, and uh, which is uh, a testament to your dedication. When Once you go for something, you go all in. I do. I go all in. That's for sure. And you're, and you're well-researched. Um, one of the things I see in not only the nutrition world, but in the kind of like, I don't know, the kids' athletics is just kind of a lot of surface uh, information. And so you went a little bit deeper with that and, uh, really tried to understand a lot 
of those fields. I think it's very important that if you are going to put yourself out there as a resource for people, that you be as educated as you can about what questions they might have, uh, what the existing research is on a particular topic, what the tried and true methodologies are for working in a particular area, uh, so that you really can tailor your services and your programming to who you're servicing and working with. Uh, if you don't do that, then you could deliver a fabulous product that doesn't deliver fabulous results for the people you're working with. The more information you have and the more you understand the methodology and the science behind things, the easier it is to figure out what's going to work for the people that you're working with and give them the best deliverable results possible. Well, that's awesome. The uh, So when, when somebody is working with you, what kind of questions might you ask them if they're coming to you, say, for nutrition? Uh, sure. Let's just, let's just talk about the, your nutrition program, because mm -hmm. you do run the nutrition program here, um, and you meet with clients one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and so, like, when someone comes to talk to you about nutrition, what's that look like? There are a lot of different ways that it can look like um, based on who I'm seeing. Uh, a lot of times people will come in and not really have any idea what they need to be doing uh, and are really searching around in this vast sea of information for what's going to work for them. Uh, and I'm the person that they can come to to talk to to sort of go through all the stuff that they've done before, what has worked, what hasn't. Uh, and figure out what's going to fit into their lifestyle. So we start really talking about who they are, what their goals are, and where they want to see themselves in three years, in five years, in 10 years. Um, a lot of the people that I work with here at Mountain Strength have sort of dual goals. They've got their long-term life goals, and then they have their short-term either athletic or health-related goals. Um, and so balancing those two is one of the things that uh, really takes some extra skill and extra time to understand and unravel. And that's one reason why um, diving in one-on-one -on -one with the free 30-minute uh, nutrition consult is something that I encourage everyone to do because your goals for what you want to be doing now and even six months from now may require different strategies. And sitting down and talking to somebody like me who can give you a little bit of guidance may just give you that edge competitively or from a health perspective. That's really cool. The um, I know for me, getting into my 40s and, you know, creeping into mid 40s now, uh, my body has changed. Things have changed. Um, so like when when people come to you, uh, is it primarily for a like a performance or is it like me? Like, oh, something's changed and I need to, you know, kind of stave off this weight creep that I that I start seeing. Uh, I would say more people than not, it's the latter. Uh, there are some athletes here at Mountain Strength who have specific goals um, that they want to accomplish in terms of athletic performance, uh, whose strategies require a, a different approach. Most people coming here want to lose weight, uh, add muscle, and be strong in their 40s, 50s, and beyond. Uh, and those goals are... Um, not mutually exclusive, but need to be sequenced and triaged in a way that allow them to accomplish their primary goal first, then move on to the secondary goal, and then the tertiary goal. Because one thing that people don't understand is it's really hard to lose fat and gain muscle at the same time. I'm not saying it can't happen in certain individuals who just happen to be a, genetically blessed, 
or B, who've never really done anything physical before. But for most of us who've got some background in athletics or who've been at least active for most of our lives, um, it's really hard for us to both lose fat and gain muscle at the same time. So usually one of our conversations will start off with, okay, what's your biggest goal? And usually I hear, I want to be healthy. Okay, let's take that. Let's see what you're doing and see if we can tweak things and make you healthier. What does healthier look like to you? And usually it's losing fat is the first thing. Um, some people it's gaining muscle is the first thing. And so we talk about what the strategies are for doing each of those. And for every single person that I meet with, um, there are a few constants and there are a lot of variables. Um, the constants tend to be things like increasing your protein intake. That helps with both losing fat and gaining muscle. Um, increasing your water intake, that helps again with both of those things. Increasing your sleep. Um, most of us, especially if you have kids and a full-time job and want to have a social life on top of that, we're functioning on anywhere from six to seven hours of sleep a night when most people probably need closer to eight. And that lack of sleep can play a huge role in preventing you from reaching whatever your goals happen to be. So lots of little variables like that that we sit down and triage and diagnose. Um, most of what we do is actually not related to what you're eating. It's related really? to how you're behaving. Uh, it's related to the decisions that you make and the mindfulness that you bring to your nutrition. So, so nutrition is very closely related to behavioral change. In, for most people. Very definitely. Um, you could be eating everything that every nutritionist would ever tell you to eat in a day, but are you eating the right amounts? Are you getting enough sleep? Are you um, reducing your level of stress? Are you getting enough non-intense uh, exercise? Are you getting enough intense exercise? There's a whole host of things that can be affecting how you um, process and handle food. Are you eating whole foods? Are you eating processed foods? Um, lots of different stuff like that. So what we do is we sort of make a list of the things that you seem to be doing really well and build on those things. And we make a list of things that are challenging for you and then tackle those behaviors one at a time, usually in two to four week cycles and oftentimes in very small increments. So one of my favorite behavioral changes is learning to eat more slowly. 90% of us sit there and eat our meals while we're looking at a computer or we're talking on the phone or we're driving kids to practice or whatever. And we're not thinking about what we're eating and how much of it. So we're missing our hunger cues. We're eating past fullness and that eventually leads to weight gain. So if we can just simply roll back our behavior and learn how to eat slowly again and pick up on those hunger cues, it will help us keep our weight down and start to lose weight if we want, in fact, to do that. Uh, so for most of us, we don't have time every single day right off the bat to practice eating slowly. We work on one meal at a time. We set a timer for breakfast or lunch or dinner, whatever the least rushed meal of your day is. Or we try eating with our left hand instead of our right. Or we try chewing five times between each bite. All sorts of different things that can help teach that one habit. And we practice that one habit for an extended period of time. Once you've got that habit down, we move on to something else. Oh, okay. So it's really just looking at one thing at a time. And because every time I think of like a, a diet or a nutrition change, it's like, oh, I have to eat clean for 30 days or I have to take this away or I have to feel like, 
I don't know, less, uh, you know, like I have to eat less. I have to be less. I have to, uh, that generally leads to a mindset of depriving myself, mm-hmm. you know, is, and so looking at it this way, uh, the way you're saying it is more of goal setting in, in a positive way than saying I need to not do something. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Food shouldn't be something you're depriving yourself of. If you are associating nutrition change and with deprivation, there's a disconnect there that I want to help you fix Uh, because food should be something that we enjoy and is pleasurable. But we also need to understand that it's fuel and too much fuel is not a good thing. So we need to figure out where that balance is and how we get you to the place where you are fueling your body appropriately for whatever your, your needs happen to be. Usually for most of us, that is keeping, maintaining a steady weight and supporting some level of exercise. Um, some people don't eat enough for the level that they're exercising. Uh, and you know, if you're hitting the gym five days a week and you aren't getting enough protein in, you're going to run into a different set of issues than somebody who's overeating and not eating enough protein every week. Um, so there, there are different variables based on, on what your individual habits happen to be. Uh, and I love sitting down talking about what you do in your life and what's important and figuring out how to make those changes that probably are advisable for you seem easy or at least um, relatively easy to implement over an extended period of time. So, yeah, we don't I don't like coming in and saying you're doing it all wrong. That's that's <laughs> not my job. <laughs> my job is to say, OK, what are you doing really well What do you want to change and how do we change those things in a way that's not going to be overwhelming, that is going to be sustainable and that you're going to be able to stick to forever, quite frankly, and not even think about it. Um, When you think about diets, most of us have gone on diets and lost that 10 pounds or that 20 pounds. And what's happened? We turn around and we put it right back on. And why is that? Because we haven't changed the underlying behaviors that caused us to gain that weight in the first place. So if we change the behaviors, the weight stays away. Uh, If we don't change the behaviors, we're going to be on this roller coaster of diet and gain, diet and gain, diet and gain. And each time you go through that cycle, you're probably going to have a little more left over each time. And that's why at age 30, we may be three pounds overweight. And at age 40, we're 10 pounds. And age 50, we're 15. And age 60, we're 60, you know, we're we're 20 or 30 pounds heavier. Uh, So we want to try and help people uh, learn how to manage their behaviors in a way that they can adapt to their changing bodies and changing lifestyle over time. Wow, that's that's a very great way to to look at it. Um, Really helps me see it in 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 a positive light, you know, and that it's a, and it changes over time. One one thing, like when I was younger, what I did yet when I was in my twenties should not necessarily be working now. Yet I think they it should. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think like if I put the same effort into it, I should get the same results. But that's not necessarily the case all the time. It isn't, and part of that is because as we age, what our bodies are capable of doing and rebounding from in terms of stress is very different. So the exercise, say, say you worked out seven days a week at 25 for two hours a day, and that might have been great for a 25-year-old body. 
35, those same seven days a week, two hour a day workouts are more likely to cause you to have problems with, with keeping weight off than they are to help you. Um, our bodies need a certain amount of rest and recovery, and that changes as we age. Um, our bodies need certain macronutrient balances, and that can change as we age from person to person, from gender to gender. To, there's, there's all sorts of different variables that come into play. But the, the key really is learning to understand your body, how it functions, and how to tweak things over time as, as things change, as your goals change, as your body changes, as uh, your lifestyle changes. Um, for example, somebody who goes from a really active on their feet, four hours or five hours a day job to a sedentary lifestyle, um, you know, either because of injury or because of changing jobs or whatever it happens to be, they're going to have to make some drastic alterations to the amount of food that they're consuming uh, to really make sure that they don't end up packing on a ton of weight. Um, so those kinds of things are, are important considerations as well. Yeah, that's a... Um in the professional sports world, we see that when people retire, um, especially in the in football, right? Um, uh, so active for four or five years, and then they stop, and it's when they they gain all that weight. Um, so that's interesting, uh, and, and that's that still happens to non athletes. It does. So it definitely does. That's really cool. So when we look at here, I, I got a few questions. Mm -hmm. um, that maybe new people to the gym might ask. So when they come into the gym, um, what should they be looking at? Should they be just working out or should they start a nutrition program with working out or change their habits together? Or should it be separate? What's the timing look like? It really depends on the individual and on uh, how much bandwidth they have for change in their lives. If you are someone who is super stressed out to the max, you are barely fitting in time to get to the gym, uh, and it's the best thing you've done for yourself in a long time, and you know you need to be doing it, A, to be healthier, and B, because it helps with the stress, uh, you know, let's tackle one thing at a time. Let's incorporate the workout into your daily routine until it gets to a point where it's, it's second nature to you. Then... Yeah. We look at tackling nutrition and making small changes that you can phase in on a, on a simple basis over an extended period of time to really address your needs further. If you're somebody who has a ton of time and walks in and says, Amy, you know what? I'm retired. I don't have a lot of stress in my life. I have the time to do whatever you, you suggest I do and recommend I do. We'll start talking about what you want to do. What do you want to tackle first? But yes, in that circumstance, it may be easier to tackle nutrition and exercise at the same time. Um, the two play such an intertwined role that you really do have to look at both in concert. You can't just ignore one. Uh, and get the most out of the other. If you have a terrific exercise program, but don't have solid eating habits, you're not going to get the most out of that exercise program. If you have phenomenal eating habits, but you don't do anything physical to build muscle as you age and maintain the muscle that you have, um, again, you're not getting the best out of having that phenomenal diet. So you really do have to look at the two in concert to get to uh, your healthiest you, in my view. Oh, very cool. So let's look on the other end of the spectrum, somebody who's, who is 
active, very athletic. Um, what what would you say to them um, if they wanted to do cro- like a CrossFit program? You know, they want to build muscle versus say an endurance program. Mm-hmm. You know, if they wanted to do a like longer endurance events, are th- is it the same for each each individual or? Is there something we should look at? There are lots of things you should look at. Um, first of all, for someone who has led an active background but not uh, done intense weight training uh, or done a CrossFit style hit kind of workout routine before, um, there are probably going to be some changes that you're going to want to make, including increasing your protein. Uh, protein is the fundamental building block of muscle. If you don't take in enough protein, you aren't going to build new muscle. And you're probably, if you are not eating enough, you're not going to be able to repair the muscle you have uh, in the way that is best to preserve what muscle you do in fact have. So um, protein is always one thing that I talk to people who have a solid nutritional foundation and a solid athletic foundation. It's usually the first place I look. It's an easy tweak to make for many people. Uh, But when I tell them, uh, for example, I weigh in the 120 pound range, I eat approximately 110 grams or approximately 18 ounces of protein per day. Um, that sounds like a lot of protein because basically you think about three big porterhouses coming out. That's about the amount of protein I eat a day. Uh, and people just look at me and they go, I need to eat all that. Well, that can take a while to sort of incorporate into your diet. And there are lots of tips and tricks and stuff like that to to do that. So even if you are eating what you think is a reasonable amount of protein, you probably are a little low um, unless you have met with somebody who is a registered dietitian, nutrition coach, uh, or who has an athletic nutrition background. Um, so that's, that's one thing that, that definitely is, is a big issue. Endurance athletes, on the other hand, tend to undereat everything, uh, unless they're overeating everything right after coming back from a training run. So figuring out how to balance, um, the overall caloric intake in a way that they're not sort of in, I'm not eating very much. I'm overeating. I'm not eating very much. I'm overeating mode. Um, that, that can be really a challenge and then making sure that they are prepped, Um, meal timing is a little bit more important for endurance athletes because you need to make sure that they've got the amount of glycogen in their muscles necessary to do the endurance sport that they're, they're doing and that they know how to fuel mid race or mid activity, whatever it happens to be in an appropriate way. And those are two different things. Right. That's very cool. Yeah. I just recently had my first athlete do a 50 miler and the talk on nutrition was vastly different than Mm -hmm. any other athlete I've ever trained. So I can totally relate to that. Yeah. You know, the timing and the under eating and overeating. Mm -hmm. And one thing we get when new people join the gym is they do a workout and then they're like, I'm starving. Yep. You know, so overeating after a workout is, is a real thing, right? It's a huge thing. Uh, and I, I think there are a couple of factors there. First of all, many of us have fitness devices that tell us what we have quote unquote burned. Those burn rates are notoriously unreliable. So if it says, tell me my watch is lying. Your watch is it's it. (laughs) Your watch thinks it's right. Okay. Uh, But there are there are a lot of factors that come into play. It's basically it's taking algorithms and averages for 
a bunch of random people that were in a study. It's not, the algorithm is not calculated based on you. Okay. All of us have um, very different metabolic rates. So if you go and you have your basal metabolic rate, which is the rate of caloric burn you would have if you sat on your couch and did nothing but breathe all day. Sounds so like fun. yeah, it sounds like fun <laughs> if, if you've got a great binge to watch on Netflix or something like that. But um, that basal metabolic rate basically uh, can be completely off unless you have tested it in a very specific lab environment. So if you get it, if you do it online, if you use a watch, if you use some other kind of monitor, the, the rate that it's calculating for you is based off of general data for the, the the general population. It's not based on your particular burn rate, literally. Uh, so you could be anywhere from 20% off, sometimes even greater. Uh, and if you're 20% off, say your caloric load is supposed to be 2,000 calories and you're um, eating 2,400 calories because your particular device told you you burned 400 calories in your workout that day. If you really don't have those 400 calories to play with, you're overeating and you're going to be gaining weight. If you do that three times a week and you're 400 calories over each time you do it, that's about a half a pound of gain per week, roughly. Oh, wow. Okay. So a, a, a pound is 3,500 calories roughly. And so if you're overeating 400 calories a day, three to four times a week, you are gaining a half a pound a week. So the Ben and Jerry's I have after a big workout session, that's like 800 calories. So mm -hmm. I could be way off. You could be way off. Thinking yep. I just, I <laughs> just earned this Ben yep. and Jerry's ice cream, but oh, I might actually be too far. And over. most people are, most people are. And you used a word that I, um, I find so commonly associated with, uh, food and exercise and that is earn. Mm, yes. And many of us exercise myself included to earn food or drinks or whatever it is. I like to flip that on its head and say, I am fueling my workout with this. And this is what I need to fuel my workout and fuel my body to get better and improve. Flipping those two concepts, earning and fueling, makes a huge difference in the way our minds are set around food. And if we can, if we can treat it as fuel as opposed to reward, um, we generally have a very different outlook on our decision-making around food. And that's one thing that, that for me was a game changer. When I yeah. stopped looking at it as I'm going to work out so I can have that brownie and more as I'm going to eat that, you know, lean protein and veggies so that this workout kicks butt. So I burn, I, I have more lean muscle. Mm. And if I have more lean muscle, I burn more calories during the course of the day. And if I burn more calories during the course of the day, then yeah, if I want to have a brownie every once in a while, it's not a big deal. But if I don't have that lean muscle and I don't have that higher caloric burn, I get stuck eating salads with lean protein for the rest of my life as a you know relatively small person. That's not a fun way to live. No. <laughs> so that's why I want the muscle. You want the muscle, yeah. So awesome. Um, well, cool. I 
that was uh, all the questions I had about it. I think it was a great uh, overview of kind of how to look at nutrition. I mean, that's the biggest takeaway that I got talking to you is like, it's really the mindset that starts the right path to eating right, to fueling our body, to, you know, performing better, you know, rather than coming in and seeing a workout as something I have to do. And I, you know, I need to reward myself for doing the right thing. You know, I I like this flipping it around very positive uh, thing. So um, what, um, where can we find more information about what you do? And if anybody wants to talk to you, like how can they get in touch with you? Sure. Uh, On mountainstrength.com's website, there's a tab that says nutrition. And if you go to that tab, it has all sorts of information about uh, the various services we offer. And we generally run fat loss programs three times a year, right after the beginning of the year, once uh, again in the spring, usually starting right after April school vacation. And then one again in the fall, usually starting the second week in September. So those are sort of three easy entry points. Uh, I'm also available year round for free 30 minute nutrition consultations. If you've never met with me before, uh, please mm-hmm. just either go on to uh, that website, the mountainstrength.com backslash nutrition, and you'll see a tab, a big blue tab that says schedule your free 30 minute uh, consult. Click on that and you'll have my schedule availability pop up. If you don't see a time that's available, uh, I often have additional times that become available, just email me at amy at mountainstrength.com. You can also harass my husband, John. (laughs) Uh, If you see John, just say, you know, so-and-so wants to talk to you about nutrition. And can you have Amy get in touch with me? And I'm I'm happy to do that as well. Uh, Or stop in and see us for a kid's class. We're here starting in, um, starting next month, we'll be here Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday from 3.30 to 5.15, roughly. Uh, and I pop in and out in the mornings as well sometimes too. So uh, those are the easiest ways to get in touch with me. And I'd love to chat with you about what your particular goals and needs are and help get you on the right path. Awesome. Well, it's great having you on today, Amy. And uh, anything else you want to leave us with? No, I think that was that was a lot of fun. And um, I know there are a lot of new members that I don't get to see because I'm not in uh, the gym in the mornings as much as I used to be. Uh, and I see some of the early evening members, but I don't get to see the late night folks. So, um, hopefully I get to meet more of you in person. All right. Excellent. Thanks, Amy. Thank you. And thank you for listening to our podcast today. It was very interesting to talk to Amy about, all the different ways nutrition can help us in and outside the gym, uh, how it relates to muscle gain and fat loss, as well as our performance. Uh, If you have any questions, please feel free to email us. uh, Mountainstrength.com is our website. Uh, You can see Amy on there under our nutrition tab. If you're in the Boston area, you can book a 30-minute consultation to come in and chat with her. And we look forward to hearing more about Amy and her nutrition program, as well as future episodes where she'll come on and talk about our kids and teens programs. So if you have any questions, please send us over any emails, info at mountainstrength.com. If you'd like to reach Amy directly, amy at mountainstrength.com. And we look forward to 
giving you some more information on the next podcast. Have a great day. Thank you.